What's up, everybody? This is Esoteric Eddie. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast version of Esoteric Eddie TV. I hope you enjoy this episode. Peace. Was Jesus a dark magician who fooled the world? This is what many Jews believed and taught during the Middle Ages in a long-forgotten book that used to be popular among anti-Christian circles titled the Sefer Toledet Yeshu, the book of the history of Jesus, there is a dark and twisted version of the life of Jesus Christ. This book is very dark and morbid. If you are easily offended, I don't recommend listening to this presentation. I think it's important to analyze subjects such as these because they can broaden our perception on history and why certain things are the way they are in the present time. Among the deranged remarks about Jesus' character and history in the Toledet Yeshu is the claim that he was able to perform miracles only because he snuck into a temple and after learning the sacred name of God, wrote it down, cut open his leg, and slid the paper into his flesh. The Toledet Yeshu is a tradition going far back into the early Christian years. There's not one book, but various versions throughout the centuries that have copied and added onto what seems to be an unfound original. The earliest reflection of the Toledet Yeshu comes from the 2nd century Christian apologist and prolific early Christian writer Tertullian. In his De Spectaculus, Tertullian mentions some of the insulting fables about Jesus that the Jews spread. In one story, they told a different version about Jesus' body and the tomb. Tertullian tells us that the Jews sneeringly said that the tomb's gardener moved Jesus' body out of the tomb so that his lettuce would not be trampled on by the many visitors. This gardener is of course mentioned in the New Testament in the book of John, but isn't painted in such a crass light. The many twisted fables from the minority of anti-Christian Jews during the early first millennium tended to twist the New Testament in cunning and ridiculous ways. This mentioning of lettuce has led scholars to believe that Tertullian's account was referring to an official Toledet Yeshu in which he was aware of. This is so because the later Toledet Yeshu carried on this imagery of the lettuce and the gardener in some ways. 19th century scholar of Judaism, teacher, and extensive writer on Judaism, Samuel Krauss, was the first modern scholar to write about the Toledet Yeshu. He has been quoted as saying that although Tertullian's account doesn't mention the actual book, it is the closest we can get to the original. Samuel Krauss's exposition into the Toledet Yeshu in his 1902 work is regarded as the source authority for the beginning of academic research on the subject. Many, however, have read and commented on this strange book throughout the Middle Ages and beyond. One famous person to do so was Voltaire. In his 1760s Philosophical Dictionary, Voltaire denounces the work as the most despicable and most exaggerated work against Jesus. In a letter he wrote to the Prince of Conde, Voltaire believes that the Toledet Yeshu is the most ancient Jewish writing against Christianity. Although the Toledet Yeshu is a composition of many different manuscripts stretching across centuries, the oldest known manuscript is the Aramaic manuscript found in Cairo, Egypt. 
This official Toledet Yeshu manuscript dates to about the 10th century. It was found in the Geniza of the Ben Ezra Synagogue in Cairo. A Geniza is a storage room in either a Jewish temple or cemetery of olden text of importance. This specific Geniza was ignored until the mid-18th century when the first European scholar came across it. However, they paid little attention to it. It wouldn't be until the late 19th century when two Scottish scholars, the twin sisters, Agnes S. Lewis and Margaret D. Gibson, further investigated it and brought back some manuscripts to Cambridge. From there, it was realized that the Geniza had documents of extreme importance. This Geniza held the largest and most diverse collection of medieval manuscripts in the world. Although the oldest manuscript of the history of Jesus dates to the 10th century, as I've pointed out, there are mentions of similar tales older than that time period which indicate that the Toledet Yeshu is a very ancient tale. The oldest known mention of something directly reminiscent of the Toledet Yeshu comes to us from the 9th century. The then Archbishop of Lyons in France, Agobard, was a fierce contender for the church and stood up against the overpowering empire seeking to diminish the church's authority. He is also known for being aggressive towards Jews, specifically towards their anti-Christian sentiments. He was also a writer of many books. In his 9th century work titled De Judaicus Superstitionibus, written in 826, he relays certain peculiar ideas that the Jews taught. One of these was that their alphabet was created before the world and that the letters of their alphabet are eternal energies that control the physical world. Among the many things Agobard speaks on in his book, he also presents the fallacies that the Jews hold towards Jesus. The story he heard starts off positive by stating that Jesus was a genius child who was respected but later became somewhat arrogant. In his later years, he was imprisoned by Tiberius. Jesus was thrown in jail because Tiberius asked Jesus to form a baby inside of his barren daughter. Jesus did so, however, he connivingly impregnated her with a baby made of stone. Because of this, Jesus was crucified, then killed by a stone to the head. After his death, Agobard tells us, he was buried next to an aqueduct. The same night, the aqueduct flooded and caused havoc. Pilate, the Roman official, had people search for the body of Jesus, being suspicious that it cursed the land. His body was not to be found, and because of this, Pilate commanded the Jewish people to worship Jesus, shouting that the Jews were wrong for disbelieving in the words of Jesus. He did so out of anger for them, bringing about this curse on the land through their disbelief. The consensus on the Toledet Yeshu is that it was a tale mixed in with symbolism and metaphor about the social grievances the Jews had in dealing with the new religion of Christianity. The fact that Agobard tells us the Jews taught that they were forced by the Romans to acknowledge Jesus takes the power of influence away from Jesus' impact and states that they merely acknowledged him because they were forced to. Later versions expand on the Agobard motifs. One later version starts with John the Baptist and Yeshua on trial. John is being asked about his student, Jesus, who claims to have miraculous powers. In this version, after the incident with the stone baby, both John and Jesus are condemned to death. John is executed immediately, but Jesus escapes by way of magic and flies away. 
while in the air, a Jewish rabbi known as Yehuda the gardener counteracts Jesus' magic and strikes him down where he is captured. In some versions, instead of being crucified on a cross, Jesus is weirdly crucified on a cabbage stalk. In the Aramaic version, instead of Jesus being buried, Yehuda the gardener keeps Jesus' body as proof that he did not resurrect and drags it across the city. Yehuda takes the body to the Romans and shows that Jesus was in fact not the Messiah. This is a strong ending which gives spiritual power back to the Jews. The Toledet Yeshu is filled with ridicule and cunning symbolism that parallels and distorts the New Testament. Another example is that Peter is referred to as Peter Sepha, which crudely translates as Peter the Rock, but is more so intended to mean Peter the Dull or Blockheaded. This is paralleling the New Testament's declaration about Peter. In the New Testament, Jesus states, You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the fact that Jesus is stoned to death in most versions also plays on this sneaky metaphor. Probably more grotesque than the aforementioned disrespect is the mentioning of the Toledet Yeshu of Jesus being born of rape. In most versions, Mary is raped while asleep by a stranger named Pandera, and he did so while she was on her menstrual cycle, which was a very illicit action in Jewish custom. There are two versions of Jesus gaining his mystical powers. One version states that after Mary had him, she moved to Egypt for some time, and it was there that Jesus learned his occult powers. The Egypt narrative states that he brought back scripts or spells which he used to perform his abilities of being able to heal or kill at will. It is also said that him and John the Baptist shared this occult knowledge and that it was John who further cultivated his abilities or outright showed him them to begin with. In another version, Jesus learns about his true father and then, out of spite, sneaks into a Jewish temple, unlawfully learns the name of God, writes it down, cuts open his leg, and slips the paper into his flesh. And it is through his unlawful usage of the ineffable name that Jesus is able to perform miracles. This symbol of the flesh is an insult to Jesus' entire teaching on living in faith and spirit. Older versions lead with the stolen ineffable name narrative because Jewish rabbis realized the contradiction with the Egyptian story, which would mean that there are occult powers that could contend with the power of their god, which they didn't like. This enigmatic text was obviously circled around in popularity from at least the 2nd century up until the 18th century. Its involvement and impact are an interesting path to track and examine. What I find interesting is how much thought and creativity the authors of the Toledet Yeshu put into it. If Jesus wasn't real, then why not teach that instead of slandering his character and name, unless he was real.